Hi, my name is Ian Khan, and you're listening to the Innovation Times Podcast. I am a technology author, speaker, and an advocate for everything good that technology brings. A part of my work is running the Innovation Times Podcast and bringing together people from various aspects of the industry and talk about how technology is affecting the way that they perform their jobs, their functions, and how they're leading their organizations to change that's propelled by technology. As part of my podcast, I interview people from all segments of the industry and different verticals as well. Welcome to Innovation Times. Hi, this is Ian Khan. Today I have a really exciting guest on board. It's William Mogiar, and I've been waiting a long time to get William on the show. William is the author of The Business Blockchain. He's also a general partner at Virtual Capital Ventures, uh, which is an early stage venture capital fund, and he's also on the board of directors of OB1, the Open Bazaar open source protocol. William is definitely somebody that you want to listen to because he's one of the pioneers in helping figure out the next iteration of the blockchain technology. His book about blockchain was one of the first in the in the market. And um, without any further ado, William, welcome to the Innovation Hi, Times Good podcast. Hi, good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a it's a pleasure having you. It's it's our pleasure, William. I wanna I wanna talk to you about the entire blockchain revolution as it is and within the within the very short time amount of time that we have i really want to help our audiences understand you know what is uh, in it for them why is blockchain so interesting and maybe we can also talk about a couple of industries uh, that that are you know disrupted or transformed uh, because of this uh, this this technology now to start off with help us understand what blockchain Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, what are these uh, technologies? So this whole thing started with Bitcoin being the cryptocurrency that Satoshi Nakamoto uh, invented or or talked about uh, back in 2009 and which was later implemented uh, in the following years. But what's more important is the technology behind Bitcoin, which is the blockchain. Uh, And it's really about making it easier for two parties to conduct transactions with each other without having anybody in the middle. And that is really the fundamental innovation of the blockchain. And Bitcoin was the first example of this uh, kind of innovation where uh, digital money uh, being cryptocurrency or digital money uh, specifically uh, was able to be passed on from one hand to another without this other intermediary in the middle and then you might think well uh, we can do this today with the banks so you can send uh, uh, money from one person to another uh, but if you think about it the banks are in the middle and although the banks give us the illusion that they are not there uh, they are really there and they have to be uh, the ones updating their databases uh, on both sides so one of the first uh, element that the blockchain threatens is uh, the very existence of the databases because if you think about it today most if not all uh, companies all corporations all applications everything runs on a database it's all about one database updating another database and in some cases multiple databases synchronizing with each other 
and that takes a lot of time uh, that take, puts a lot of latency in the systems what the blockchain says is no forget the databases why don't we all sing from the same song sheet which is the ledger the shared ledger and why don't we all uh, read and write from that same ledger and that way when an update is made it is automatically visible to everybody so that way I can send money to another person like yourself uh, directly without having anybody in the middle and that's a lot more efficient so that's really the fundamental aspect of the blockchain and the impact uh, that it is having on big companies is that it is making them rethink all of the existing relationships that they have uh, with their customers with their partners and forcing them to think of ways to make them more efficient and that's really where that's the blockchain very interesting. comes in. now you know in between the different um, threads of you know what the technology brings uh, I, I think you touched on something very key here. I mean, we have been working with banks for more than 100 years, I believe. And I think the safest thing to do uh, in, in our lifetimes and the previous ones have been that, hey, you've got some money, give it to the bank, they'll store it. You've got some savings, put it in the bank account, you know, it'll grow. Or you have lockers, you've got gold, and you'll put it in, put it in a locker. So that entire relationship was based uh, on trust with the banks and financial institutions. So are we saying that trust now has a different language and that language is called blockchain? Correct. The trust now is in the network. The trust is in the mathematical and uh, algorithmic and uh, actual intrinsic computations that the blockchain uh, performs and it really replaces the uh, traditional way of always using somebody else to arbitrate or to make sure that a particular transaction or a particular asset has moved one from one party to another uh, so that that is really the case yes trust is now in the okay. network basically now, a few years ago when when we had the emergence of peer-to-peer -peer networks you know Napster start that started that a long time ago and and you were able to share music and then came the time of um, you know uh, torrents where a lot of information was being shared through a peer-to-peer -peer network now I believe blockchain has a big connection with being a peer-to-peer -peer network but what about security is is blockchain secure I understand the point that you can uh, you know information is distributed what about security? Is somebody going to steal my data and my information? No, I mean, it, it is secure. Security is part of the design principle uh, of the blockchain. It's funny you mentioned uh, Napster and peer-to-peer -peer in its early days, because this is when I became involved with peer-to-peer -peer in its first generation, back in the year 2000, 2001. At the time, it was all about file sharing. And uh, that gave me the first appreciation of peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, at the time, I had a website uh, I was running called Peer Intelligence. And then when I saw the blockchain uh, reappear he, in 2013, it gave me flashbacks to these early years of peer-to-peer. -peer. But what we didn't have back then uh, is, the way, is a way to transfer uh, value uh, without 
worrying about what was what is called today the double spend problem, meaning that if I gave you a um, dollar, then for sure I don't have that dollar in my pocket anymore, which is something that we take for granted uh, in the physical world and also via the banks. Uh, but security is is a part and parcels of the design criteria. Uh, it's uh, that's where encryption comes in, uh, and encryption encryption is used at many levels in blockchain uh, networks. Uh, one is to authenticate uh, the identity. Uh, of the user, uh, so that is encrypted and also in the transmission uh, and in the storage. So encryption becomes a, um, a, uh, a requirement that you cannot escape, whereas in many uh, enterprise applications, uh, in some cases, uh, security becomes uh, something that they add on after the fact. And this is why there are breaches uh, in big corporate uh, uh, systems and big, big corporate accounts that are centralized uh, because if a hacker uh, gets access to your central database then they get access to everything so another way that the blockchains are designed is by making them more decentralized uh, with different nodes uh, and this means that it becomes more difficult to attack a blockchain network because you have to you have to attack multiple nodes uh, so even if you take down one node, there will be others that will still be uh, working and the network will uh, continue to, to work uh, as expected. So security has multiple uh, multi multiple dimensions in the, in the realm makes of the sense. blockchain. Now, blockchain is also being termed as uh, something as, as a fundamental technology. And this term has been used a lot more. Uh, you know, we, we are... In, in the era of disruption, everything is disrupting everything else, new technologies, you know, the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, blockchain, everything seems to be a disruptor, but blockchain in specifically is being deemed as a fundamental technology. Why is that? Because it is also a development platform. So it is not just a network. It is not just a currency. It's a whole way of programming software that is new. If you think about it, when the internet came along, the web followed and the web really became very important because with it came a whole set of programming languages, programming middleware, uh, programming capabilities. Uh, for example, Java and JavaScript is the language of the web. And today we have more than 10 million Java developers. And when they write a when they develop a, a web application it can run anywhere on the web we have a similar analogy today with the blockchain where we are learning new languages the languages of blockchains how to program blockchains and how to develop new applications in a new way that uh, was not possible before so a lot of the activity now is in either rewriting the old applications that you have and giving them a, a blockchain flavor and figuring out what to take out and what to replace. But there's also a, a whole lot of activity in creating new applications that didn't exist before uh, entirely on the blockchain. So the blockchain is really a software development environment. Uh, and the main thing here is that it's very decentralized and it's also open source. So the innovation is going to come from a lot of different parties uh, out there. Understood. Now, you talked about that blockchain is 
is is a is a platform it's not just one it's not just cryptocurrency it's not just bitcoin now let's talk a little bit about you know as a maybe as an example about some of the industries that are potentially looking at you know deriving value from a technology such as blockchain you we have different industries finance and banking we know they're being completely shaken up by blockchain because of the way it works and i think that's one of the primary industries that that is seeing um, a lot of change potentially in the future because of technology but what about industries uh, that are not finance and banking what about the healthcare industry what about accounting or let's say services industries are they also going to see um, a use for blockchain maybe let's talk about just healthcare how do you see uh, or if you can help us understand from the consumer side and the back end side like the provider side uh, how would blockchain uh, you know be useful in in that case sure there's two ways to answer this question on one level you can think of the blockchain coming on the coming in here and affecting every industry so there isn't one industry that is not going to be affected by the blockchain in the same way as the web is today touching everything but if you think about it the web took many years for it to completely uh, evolve and unravel itself and although we are in the 23rd or 24th year of the web we are still discovering new ways of, of using the web uh, in particular industries in particular segments and particular applications and the same thing is going to happen with the blockchain we are still in the very early days right now and the biggest the biggest challenge is when you you try to change something that is already there that is already working somehow and it becomes very difficult to to change those existing systems what is a little bit easier uh, and it's sometimes uh, the only way to do it and much easier is to create new new ways to uh, to doing this making doing the same thing but with a new set of technology uh, so if you mention healthcare specifically and I've had uh, 10 years of experience in healthcare specifically uh, honestly I don't have uh, a lot of hope right now for the early blockchain projects in healthcare uh, at least not in the US because the healthcare system is very complex and when you try to change something that is very complex you will uh, encounter a lot of uh, headwinds uh, a lot of uh, issues and challenges uh, having said that I, I would be more encouraged when I start to see uh, new uh, applications that are starting from ground zero and not depending on uh, existing limitations that we have in the healthcare system and because uh, pe people talk about making the uh, medical yeah. record uh, more uh, accessible uh, or more shareable uh, or more open uh, but the medical record has been uh, an issue that uh, we've been working at for many many years uh, a couple of decades at least uh, so the blockchain is not that magical one that is going to to solve uh, the medical record uh, aggregation problem um, so we, we, we do have to be very realistic uh, I am more hopeful in other industries uh, perhaps like energy uh, or government services uh, even real estate uh, trying to assetize uh, on the blockchain the, the actual physical assets and um, uh, giving multiple ownerships let's say to a particular building 
and uh, providing liquidity. Uh, that's one example of real estate that I think is going to take off. Uh, and and the, the financial services uh, is, is, has been slow uh, to, 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 to take into the blockchain, but uh, I can tell you for a fact, the financial services industry has been a lot faster adopting the blockchain than they were adopting the web uh, more than 20 years ago. Because I remember in 95, 96, 97, even up to 98, the banks were fairly slow in adopting the web and they even rejected uh, even payments and, and credit cards on the web. And now we now see how, what they are doing with it. Uh, but m most of the banks are very serious uh, about the blockchain and they are thinking very hard about how it's going to affect their business. And they will be busy for the next 10 years uh, trying to reinvent certain parts of their businesses and uh, we're going to see a lot of innovation in the financial sector um, as a result yeah. of that. Do, do you see a lot of uh, maybe international competition on uh, on adapt, uh, you know adopting the technology? If you look at you know places such as uh, the Middle East as an example, just just a random example. You look at Dubai; they have uh, an interesting um, uh, goal in mind that by 2020, uh, all government services will be powered by blockchain. So they're working aggressively towards that. Uh, in Europe, there's uh, other developments. Uh, so are, are we lagging behind in North America? Are we slow to catch up to the market? Or is it, is it you know, I, and I don't know what it is. Is it the political scene? Is it uh, that our economies are too complex? How do you see us competing uh, on adoption, given that we are doing a lot of work in, and research on blockchain in general? Why are we, why do we seem to be the last ones to adopt to, to something like this? That's a good point. Uh, in my opinion right now, and I have a fairly good global view of what is going on, you are correct that North America, Canada, and the U.S. have been slower in adopting a blockchain technology. And the main reason, in my opinion, is that the regulatory and compliance requirements are still a risk factor when you think about it. Uh, whether it's from the SEC in the US or the OSC in Ontario and Canada, uh, they have been fairly conservative uh, and in some states in the US even have uh, required licenses and in some cases you have to have state-by-state -state, uh, agreements and licenses and uh, compliance requirements. So that kind of raises the bar uh, quite high and whenever it becomes difficult for uh, something to happen, uh, startups will fall, will shy away and will go somewhere else. So I am seeing um, a lot more innovation in Europe, uh, in Asia, Singapore, Hong Kong, China even. Uh, and obviously Dubai has made a lot of headlines uh, because they are pouring a lot of money and a lot of ambition behind uh, this project. And uh, so yes, I'm, I'm seeing, um, as you pointed out, a lot of uh, uh, interesting activity uh, coming from different places. Uh, I've been to Europe five times this year already and uh, I'm going to continue to go there once or twice a month because that's where a lot of the activity uh, is, 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 is drawing me to towards. Um, uh, although the US has activity as well, but I think they, they, are, they are missing um, um, being able to go a little bit faster uh, if the regulatory uh, aspects will become more clear because uh, right now it's a big cloud. Excellent. Uh a question on cryptocurrency, a question on 
Bitcoin and this entire ecosystem of cryptocurrencies that is that is slowly emerging. Uh, you know, just some time ago, uh, Bitcoin wasn't that popular, but in in recent months and, and maybe over the last year and a half, uh, it has really gone from a few dollars to I think the market value right now it's being traded at four thousand dollars plus uh, per Bitcoin. So that's a tremendous amount of growth that that Bitcoin as a currency, as a cryptocurrency, has has gained. On the other hand, uh, just a few days ago, there was a piece of news that uh, somebody hacked into a system and they stole uh, millions of dollars worth of uh, of ether, which is another uh, cryptocurrency. How do we how do we look at this? Should should an average person uh, or an average business invest in such technologies or shy away from them? On one hand, uh, the technology is creating a lot of security, but then on the other hand, there's these hacks that are that are uh, you know taking us away from these. What, what's your view on this? I think these are small uh, incidents and small hacks that we are learning from. And each time something like this happens, it makes the system stronger because we learn uh, from a potential weakness that maybe we didn't know about uh, but by and large these are not significant these are small uh, bumps on the along the way and uh, if you look at security and those kinds of hacks uh, traditional banks today it's not a well-known fact uh, get robbed still to this point there's a wikipedia page that has uh, the list of bank robberies and and that still exists although banks are fairly secure um, so we're never going to be able to totally eradicate uh, bad actors and uh, bad people that try to uh, to hack into systems. Uh, even without the blockchain, look at the hacks um, that happen with corporate systems. Uh, what's important is that uh, over the long term, the good that comes out of it is a lot more dominant than some of the bad. And uh, when we learn everything we can learn about the blockchains, uh, the blockchains have inherent security that is much stronger than the current systems that we know about today. So overall, the total market cap of, which is one indicator, it's not the only indicator, the to total market cap of all of the cryptocurrencies uh, available, and maybe there's close to 900 at this point, and, and dozens being created on a weekly basis, is, is about $165 billion. And what's important to remember that uh, a year ago, that number was close to 10 billion. So think about uh, all of this new wealth that has been created in the last year, uh, which is a big number. And a lot of that wealth is being recirculated and recycled back into the system itself with new startups that are emerging with new ideas. And that's really what's funding and fueling more innovation. And I don't see this uh, slowing down. Uh, yes, again, there might be some bumps again where it might go down to 120 and then but it will go up again. Uh, it will go down again a little bit, but then it will still go up again. So overall, the trend is kind of up and to the right at this point. Uh, and although, yes, some of them are a little bit overvalued uh, because uh, the, the stories are still unraveling. Uh, so we're still learning how to value these cryptocurrencies and how to put metrics that are credible uh, behind these valuations. Uh, but I, I expect that eventually um, the value will, will follow these valuations um, and, um, and uh, this will be uh, a good thing for everybody. Excellent. Well, last question. How should 
we get involved? How can anybody get involved in either blockchain or learning more about it or implementing it? What should an average uh, person do, whether they're in a leadership capacity, whether they're an individual contributor? What should they do about blockchain that'll that'll unlock value for them? So first thing is to get educated on it. Um, I'll be selfish and say that if um, you're a business person and you haven't uh, totally um, understood this uh, whole sector, I would say, uh, get my book, The Business Blockchain. Uh, I wrote it specifically for business uh, managers and business executives that uh, want to understand it. Um, so uh, that is the purpose, really. And once you learn it and understand uh, what the potential is, then you can start to understand what the impact is for your own particular uh, industry, for your own particular segment, for your own particular business. Uh, nobody knows your business more than you do. Uh, but if you can learn the impact of a new technology, then you can learn how to apply it. Uh, the second thing is, I would say, is, is get your hands wet in some of this technology. And the best way to do that is to buy some cryptocurrency, open up a wallet somewhere, uh, whether it's a private wallet or whether it's a wallet on an exchange, and experience what it is like to send and receive cryptocurrency within 10 minutes without having anybody in the middle that will give anybody a new appreciation uh, of the power of this technology. And then to start to uh, get involved in some of the applications that we can see right now, uh, be it OpenBazaar, which is a peer-to-peer e-commerce uh, marketplace that runs on uh, the blockchain where any buyer, any seller can conduct commerce without incurring licensing fees, without incurring credit card fees. And, and that's a big innovation or go on a content marketplace like uh, Steemit, where somebody can publish uh, content and get rewarded with cryptocurrency if users vote their content, upvote it, or share it, or comment on it. So these are some of the examples, and there will be a few more coming up uh, with apps that are now uh, becoming available to do a particular function uh, based on the blockchain. Uh, sadly enough, we don't have enough of them. Uh, there's lots of work on the, uh, at the enterprise level, but a lot of it is invisible. And enterprises tend to talk about what they are doing after they do it. Uh, but also in the consumers, uh, and uh, I expect there will be more applications that will become available uh, in this year, in 2017. Well, thank you so much, William, for your time and uh, helping us understand a lot more about, uh, about blockchain. For those of us who are, who are listening, Connect with William on his website at thebusinessblockchain.com. Grab a copy of his book. It's it's one of the best reads that you can have, uh, and to really understand the you know blockchain and what it does and and, and how it's going to change, uh, you know how how everything works around us. William, thank you so much for your time, and uh, please stay in touch uh, to to and be reconnected with us uh, in the future uh, to tell us more about blockchain. Thank you. Thanks again. If you're confused about the current state of technology and the impact that it has on the world, then you are at the right place. My name is Ian Khan. I'm an author and a technology speaker who focuses on the value created in the current world. I talk about ideas, thoughts, and value creation in general that helps us propel ourselves into a future that's driven by technology. The Internet of Things, blockchain, artificial intelligence,
cloud are all means to create value. Technology, in general, is an enabler for positive business outcomes. If you're confused about the outcomes that technology can create for you, then you're at the right place. For more information, you can always visit me on my website at www.iancon.com or follow me on social media on Twitter at IanConLive. Let's change the future by creating a value, nothing else. Let's just change the future by creating more value. That's what I stand for, and that's my message. Thank you.